And welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday night as we shift gears now and talk boys basketball. Nevada Tiger head coach Sean Gray. They're coming off a very nice win last night on the road against the Seneca Indians and now get ready for a very uh, uh, popular and uh, tough three-day tournament at Frontenac coming up, which has been renamed the uh, Fourth State Raider Classic, but still the same location, the same two gyms, and uh, that'll be in Frontenac, Kansas, still just as close to Chicken Mary's and Chicken Annie's and Bardo's, wherever your favorite place may have to be if you had plan to head down to Frontenac coming over the next three days. But uh, head coach Sean Gray joins us now. And uh, coach, it's kind of a, kind of refreshing to come in off of such a, a nice win yesterday. We're going to get to that here in a little bit. We'll go chronologically, but uh, still, I'm sure your team had to be in good spirits last night. They were, Mike. And you talked about this, uh, the fact that there's no no school today and, <laughs> and uh, getting a three-game sweep uh, winning at all three levels. Uh, it was a jovial bus ride home and uh, felt good going into practice this morning uh, coming off those wins. Yeah, big night for Nevada last night. A total 5-0 and with Nevada also winning both girls' games last night at Seneca. But, well, let's uh, let's get the bad part of this conversation out of the way first uh, because you did play a game last Friday on the road at East Newton against Granby, and I guess we're kind of at the two ends of the pole here between these two games we're going to talk about. Admittedly, last Friday's game, which was a 42-30 loss to East Newton, just not a very good night for Nevada. No, Mike. Uh, I think it all started on the on the rebounding end of things. Just gave East Newton a lot of second and third chances, and uh, they were a good enough ball club that uh, they took advantage of that. And uh, those twenty three second chance points uh, were more than enough for for them to to get the final margin. And uh, just just a little disappointing because we feel like if we were were to have played our best basketball, that was a winning opportunity on Friday uh, in conference and. Uh, uh, just uh, had had a bad taste in our mouth over the weekend, and uh, uh, didn't really sit well with us. And uh, we were we were glad to 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 get rid of that last night. Absolutely. Well, only thirty points, and not that this is a high scoring ball club, but we've seen the potential. I mean, sixty one points last night, only only scored thirty points. What was the struggles offensively? So we turned it over some. You turn your turn it over, you shoot yourself in the foot, um, and got some pretty decent looks from the three point line. Uh, they didn't fall. I thought we settled for threes early a little bit, um, weren't patient enough, um, and then we didn't get on the glass against them the way we got on the glass against Seneca or the way that East Newton got on the glass against us. Because if you don't have a high-powered offense, you think, how can we get some free points? Well, offensive rebounds are an easy way. You can stick those back in. Uh, didn't get enough of those. And then get to the free throw line more. Uh, just didn't get there enough. I I don't. You'll know this off maybe better than I will off the top of my head. But I feel like East Newton had the advantage from the free throw line against us also. So just didn't get enough uh, enough easy buckets. And then when we did get some good looks from three, uh, unfortunately weren't able to connect very often. Yeah, East Newton they didn't make a great percentage of their free throws. They just saw a lot more opportunities. Yeah. And uh, just not a lot of field goals for Nevada on Friday night. I don't know if there's a proverbial snowball effect or not, because actually you're still within seven at the end of the third quarter, 31-24. So it's not like you were out of the game. Uh, just the, the final eight minutes, just not much went right, other than the three-pointer by Bryce Budd. Right, and uh, they did a good job of mixing defenses. Uh, the fact that Evan Ray was not 100%, he was hampered. His ability to drive by and create hurt us. That's, it's no secret that's one of the – best ways we generate offense is by him creating off the dribble. And then uh, the, their zone, there were a couple possessions where we got the ball into the middle of the zone and attacked from there. One time the ball went right through our hands out of bounds, but we had a couple good possessions against it. Unfortunately, not consistent possessions, trip after trip after trip. 
because if you consistently get good looks, uh, you can overcome a poor shooting night because you're just consistently giving yourself a chance. When you're sporadic, one time you turn it over, one time you force a tough shot, uh, when you're only getting a high-quality look once every three or four trips, you can't overcome a, a poor shooting night, and uh, th- that was unfortunately the case for us. All right, so let's move on from that one. Again, 42-30, uh, East Noon gets that victory, and uh, Nevada went into the weekend, just as you mentioned, just not a real good taste in your mouth. You have to wait now until last night on a Tuesday night to make the trip down to Seneca to uh, to take on the Indians, and uh, uh, well, it was just kind of a reversal of fortunes uh, last night as uh, all of a sudden the team responds and picks up a, a 61-54 win. Well, I say responds, responded after halftime because <laughs> you were down 31-21 at the half, and and I don't know, did this team just kind of make up its mind it was going to turn this thing around a little bit And because you came up with 40 points in the second half? It was a combination of things, Mike. So early on, we had a game plan for how we wanted to guard uh, Seneca, and, and they got a couple offensive rebounds. And I was seeing Friday night in Granby flash before our eyes again because you know their first eight or nine points, about half of those were on second chance opportunities. So we called a timeout. We, we just – we said, guys, we are not going to win basketball games if we do not rebound. And and we started doing a better job of that. But then throughout the first half, we kept shooting ourselves in the foot with turnovers. Seneca would, would get buckets off turnovers. And, and again, when we were turning it over, we weren't giving ourselves a chance to score at the other end. But uh, the last couple minutes of the second quarter, we defended better. Uh, gosh, the long kid had a, had a great game. Mm-hmm. He made a tough shot, a baseline jumper. Uh, to give them a bucket late in the first half. But other than that, those last two or three minutes, we had defended well. And then we Cade Bishore gets a deflection. Bryce Budd, uh, and, and he played well at the top. Cade goes down, makes a layup right before the buzzer. And I thought that kind of spurred us into halftime. And then at halftime, Mike, we talked about how in our zone, they were doing a good job of, of finding the open shooter and knocking shots down. I think they had seven or eight made threes in the first uh, in the first half. So we just challenged our bigs, our fours and fives, Jeremiah, Leo, Owen, uh, to just step up and guard man-to-man uh, for for 16 minutes in the second half, and, and they really responded to that. Uh, Bryce Budd did a great job um, on number three, the Hoover kid, against dribble penetration in the second half. We were able to move Evan Ray with, with his bum ankle out to just kind of a spot-up shooter kit. We had him guard number two to where he didn't have to guard the dribble as much, just make sure he didn't get an open three. And then Jeremiah Owen and Leo uh, against number 23 and number 11 did a good job of limiting those guys. So I thought our defense spurred our offense, and then we didn't have the turnovers. Um, and uh, when you don't turn it over and you get stops, you sure give yourself a chance to score. And, and then as we talked, at length about yesterday, we're able to finish it off from the free throw line. Now you were. We're going to get to that in a second. But also, the, you know, we mentioned you mentioned Cade Beshore finishing it off at the buzzer at half. I thought a big play, obviously, in the game was at the end of the third quarter. Same deal. Seneca has the ball. Uh, about four seconds to go. Get a deflection uh, from Cade Beshore. This time it ends up in Bryce Bud's hands. He gets down the court in a big time hurry and a very quick spot up three from NBA range that he absolutely drained and tied the game at 39 all. And you already had momentum, but that I think that might have been the clincher. I think you're right. I think momentum was on our side, but it hadn't quite completely overtaken the game in our favor. That shot just took the air out of Seneca's sails and it was just an extra boost for us. And then, uh, 
I think we scored the first bucket of the fourth quarter and never looked back from that point on. Absolutely. It was very competitive before that. Three ties, uh, the last one being at 39 all at the end of the third quarter, but uh, nine lead changes along the way. And you mentioned free throws. That was certainly a story last night. And uh, this is a Nevada team that's shooting 56% as a team from the free throw line. Your best free throw shooter is shooting 65% on the season, not numbers that uh, you you really relish. But last night, 16 to 20 from the line and – you know, that's a great number, but the big number is 12 of 12 in the fourth quarter. Um, but it just, all, it just all came together last night. It sure did, Mike. And we didn't get a lot of shot opportunities in the fourth because they fouled us so often. But when we did get shot opportunities, they were good shots. And then in the third and fourth quarter, Jeremiah Collins and Leo Gaiman were big on the offensive glass for us. So all the shots we got were high percentage. Um, and then we, we, we got fouled and converted and – uh, when when one guy steps up and makes them, it's easier for the next guy to step up and make them. When you've been struggling as a team, if you know if if you miss a couple early and they come back and maybe they tie the game or they cut it back to a one score game again, then you start to feel like that elephant on your chest, so to speak, and it becomes each one becomes harder and harder to make. The fact that we were able to make them early, I think, helped build our confidence, and then that just grew uh, to finish out the game. Mentioned Leo game and uh, he didn't play the third quarter. He must have had some pent up energy because uh, in the first two minutes of the fourth quarter, he was the guy out there. He was, and he can play the four or the five for us. And having he and Jeremiah both being so aggressive on the glass and being able to have them fresh, Jeremiah fresh in the third quarter, Leo fresh in the fourth quarter, I thought was a big advantage for us. And it was something we talked about going into the game. Seneca didn't have a ton of size, uh, didn't have some of the athleticism we've seen to this point. We really thought we could do to them what East Newton did to us on Friday. Uh, And we got some of those offensive rebounds in the first half, weren't able to stick them all back in all the time. Uh, But uh, those were some really, really big plays for us in the fourth quarter by Leo. Evan Ray leads the way with 16 points last night, the bulk of that coming in the second and third quarter. And this young man, it's almost painful to watch uh, him play out there at times because you know he's got to be hurting, but he's just finding a way. He is, Mike. And he came in this morning limping in the door and, uh, that thing's it looks like a tennis ball sitting on the side of his ankle, and uh, he rehabbed today. We rested him, but he's got every intention. He wants to try to play again tomorrow. And uh, when he came limping out of there in the third quarter, I he he could not put any pressure on it, and I was just in my mind trying to figure out how we could continue without him the rest of the way and try and try to get the win. And next thing I know, there he goes wanting to go back in. He just said he had the trainer just throw some more tape on there and. Uh, I think he has an ability to to just block out the pain and and, and to play through it. And uh, while he's not a hundred percent, he's still crafty enough to find a way to help us. Sixteen points on a much less than perfect ankle, uh, pretty impressive. Some other guys obviously contributed, and we talked uh, last night on post game, and I thought it was apropos last night because this was probably the most complete team game uh, that you had all season. It was Mike and our huddle stat system. Uh, they they do an interesting stat. It's called VPS Value Point System, and it it it's a mathematical formula that figures in good things that help win basketball games: shots made, free throws made, assists, offensive rebounds, things of that nature. Divided by things that typically lead to losing basketball games: offensive rebounds allowed, shots missed, turnovers are a big factor in that. And it was our highest quote unquote VPS of the year. Um, if you have a VPS of one or higher, you give yourself a chance to win most games. I think we were like at one and a half, which we've had a lot of 
success over the years, and, and we've had some games where we've been up there. But uh, I thought that was interesting. We just, in all assets of aspects of the game, especially in the second half, uh, did a lot of things well, and every guy I thought did their job and helped contribute to the win. Uh, it was nice to see, and hopefully it's something that builds some confidence in our guys. It's not a Nevada Tiger, but you sort of got to applaud the effort of Cooper Long last night. Uh, 26 points, six trays. Uh, he was a handful last night. He was. He's a nice young player. He's been developing uh, for Coach King for a couple of years now. Kind of a role player for him a year ago, and he's he stepped up, and he was feeling it. and He got a couple open looks that we didn't really want him to have early, but then once he started to feel it, he made some some really, really tough shots. And uh, I, I, You probably noticed this as well, Mike, but as we left last night, he was still in the gym mm-hmm. shooting. and uh, Not that he needed to, because I he, uh, <laughs> his shot was just fine last night, but uh, uh, he'll be fun to watch next year as a senior as well. All right, so Nevada gets a nice win, sixty-one to fifty-four. That gets them to two and th- sorry, three and twelve on the year, one and two in the uh, Big A West. Seneca falling to five and eight, and they are now zero and two in uh, Big A West play with that loss last night to Nevada. So that leaves us some time to talk about three games coming up for Nevada. Nevada does not play the first of half of next week, so all three games are at the back end of this week, and that is the Four State Raider Classic at Frontenac tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. Historically, a uh, always a tough tournament, and uh, this year certainly no different. You're right, Mike. Uh, we really look forward to going to Frontenac every year. Uh, Paul Colton, their athletic director, and, and all of their staff there do a great job. Uh, the hospitality second to none. They you know, Last year, during the, the pandemic, uh, things were a little different, but they typically feed our players a nice nice spread, a nice meal, which, which our players really enjoy. Um, nice, The main gym, a nice facility to play in. Uh, if you get, get stuck, up to the up to the north there in the old gym. It's uh, not not quite as nice. A little but, more of a uh, Hoosier feel. It is. It is. But we really enjoy going down there. And it, fortunately, we've had success in recent years there, and uh, it, it's just been fun. It's been good for us. And uh, I don't know. I I I know Coach McNeely and the Tigers were going there before um, before I got here. But uh, I maybe since its inception have have, have been going, and uh, it uh, it's been good and one we look forward to. And it should be another another. Uh, Another tough tournament this year. Always amazing some of the teams that get in here because there's no doubt this is one of the busiest tournament weeks of the season. Uh, this week, uh, I think there's still, I haven't looked, Pittsburgh has theirs right yep. down the road on the same weekend. And uh, uh, I know the Southeast Lancers host a tournament. Uh, there's others going on, the Liberty uh, Kansas the liberal has, tournament. Yeah. Kansas has certain windows when they can host yeah. tournaments. It's not like Missouri when you can right. host one anytime you want. So the fact that they're able to – to host this type of tournament during such a busy week speaks volumes to, to, to how good of a tournament it is. And they always get some teams that you would never, ever have a chance to see other than uh, other than in this tournament. That won't be the case tomorrow because uh, you can see Web City whenever you want. <laughs> but uh, it'll be the Web City Cardinals, your opponent uh, tomorrow. And, again, this is a tournament. Uh, you don't have a seed meeting. It is seeded, but you don't have a seed meeting. It is seated strictly on record no matter who you played and uh, your quality of schedule or anything. It just They throw the records out there and – Seeded one through eight that way, and uh, so as a result, Nevada is the number seven seed. Uh, they were two and eleven at the time of the seeding. Uh, Webb City at nine and four is the number two seed. So uh, we have seen the Cardinals haven't played them yet, but we have seen them uh, a couple of times at Carthage and uh, just down the road at, at the Comiskey Classic. Didn't happen to go up against them, but you got a chance to see them plenty. So what do you think? Athletic ball club, uh, like we've come to expect over the years uh, from from Webb City. Coach Horn has his kids playing hard each and every year. A um, couple familiar faces uh, that we've we've seen in years past. Uh, Cole Vaden uh, is mm-hmm. a three-year starter uh, for the Cardinals at, at guard. He'll 
He'll be a guy that, that does a lot for them, a good shooter, a good driver. Dante Washington has transferred over from Joplin, uh, who we've seen the last couple years uh, for the Eagles, uh, just uh, switching switching jerseys. And uh, he's an, a slasher, an athletic driver. What's different about this Web City team, Mike, is they really like to play through the post more so than, than teams they've had in recent years. Caden Turner, one of the best post players Web City's had in a long time, uh, really, really bouncing. I shouldn't call him a post player, just athletic forward. He'll shoot the three, he'll attack. He's had some highlight reel. Hopefully <laughs> we don't see firsthand some of the, the highlight athleticism that, that he can produce, but uh, they throw backdoor lob, lob dunks for him and, and, and things of that nature. And then Trey Rotes, a little more of a blue-collar post player, kills people on the glass, physical banger inside. So uh, a strong, physical, tough team that, that wants to use that strength and physicality to just overwhelm teams and, and turn them over and beat them up on the offensive glass. So we've got to value the ball, make it a half-court game. That's the key every year against Web City. Make it a half-court game because they want to play fast and then uh, keep them off the glass because if they get offensive rebounds, high likelihood they're going to stick them right back in. Well, one of the more epic games against Web City was a year ago in the championship game of that tournament. Obviously, the cast of characters has changed a little bit. They've obviously got more back than what you've got back, but uh, I'm sure they remember that quite well. They do, and and they, they, they got us last year in the Kaminsky, but uh, I think a lot of these kids are going to remember several games against Nevada where things went the Tigers' favor. So they'll be hungry to assert themselves and, and get on the right side of this matchup, so to speak. I've talked to our guys in practice, though, that the things we've done in years past make Web City play the game uh, at a pace and play a style that we want them to play. That doesn't change. Uh, the cast of characters change. We want to, to make it a half-court game. Uh, try to slow it down, make it more of a methodical thinking man's game. And if we can do that, we give ourselves a chance. We've had some common opponents that uh, it would lend itself to to the fact that if, if we can control the pace, we give ourselves a chance. If we don't control the pace, if, if it's played fast, helter-skelter, that's really going to give Web City an advantage, and uh, hopefully that's not the case. Other matchups at uh, Frontenac uh, tomorrow. Again, Nevada and Web City will play in the new gym at Frontenac. That begins at 4 or the South Gym, if you like. Uh, the uh, 5 o'clock game, I'm sorry, actually I don't have a 5, it's the girls, it's, five, it's uh, 5.30. But the uh, 7 o'clock game, uh, there are two of them on the boys' bracket. Uh, Frontenac, the number one seed, based off their record, taking on Fort Scott tomorrow night at 7. That'll be in the new gym tomorrow. Uh, Life Prep Academy uh, takes on Owensville. If you don't know where that is, that's over by Jefferson City. Uh, they play at 8.30 tomorrow night in the, ju- in the new gym. Providence Academy out of uh, Arkansas, Rogers, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, yep. They take on Christian Heritage out of Oklahoma City, and uh, that'll be at 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. i got to think, you know, and some of these teams we've seen now for a few years, like the Providence Academies, Christian Heritage, and I'm, i got to imagine that they're coming back because they enjoy the diversity of the field as well. Yeah, it seems like. You know, every now and then you'll have a lopsided game in in a first round or something like that. But there's a lot of competitive basketball games in this tournament, regardless of of where you go on either side of the bracket. Um, the, the coaches that we've gone up against in recent years are coaches you just enjoy competing against. Uh, typically, well coached teams, kids do things the right way. Uh, win or lose, you you tip your cap to your opponent. Uh, Owensville is is coached by former Pacific Indian Colin Van Leer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, that's there's a connection to this tournament okay. yeah. there, and then that's that's kind of where His that dad always came yep. over. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's a neat thing, I think. Uh, 
Um, Life Prep's a team that we haven't seen before. Be, be curious to see them, but Providence Academy is always well-schooled, well-coached, and uh, Christian Heritage typically has some good athletes. So it uh, should be some good basketball, and uh, uh, we've, we've seen Fort Scott a couple times in recent years, so if we were to see them later on down the road, that would be a, a good matchup as well. Well, win or lose, Nevada will play at 8.30 on Friday night. That's one good thing about this tournament. You know what you're, you know you're going to play on Friday. It doesn't matter what gym you're going to be in, but it'll be an 8.30 game on Friday night. So Nevada will have a 4 and an 8.30 on Friday. So plan accordingly if you want to make that quick trip to get some chicken. Uh, I'll probably You'll probably see me at one of those joints. <laughs> uh, but uh, 4 o'clock for the girls on Friday, 8.30 for the boys. Uh, just depends on what gym they'll be in and who that opponent will be. You'll play either Providence Academy or Christian Heritage. Have you allowed yourself to look that far ahead yet? Not in depth, Mike. Just some advanced scouting. Ask for some film because we'll know we know that we will need it. Uh, we'll stay on Thursday and, and watch that game, and, and uh, we'll watch our girls play, and then and then at least I will stay and probably send some of the boys home to get some rest. But uh, we'll get that scouted out. But both of those teams are, are quality ball clubs, so uh, we'll have to play well regardless of who we draw on uh, Friday and. Uh, yeah, if you, if you go over for fried chicken, Mike, if, if you go on Friday night to Bardo's, uh, you can get some polka in, oh, yeah. in the polka lounge yeah. there as well. So uh, <laughs> uh, some interesting uh, uh, Frontenac uh, heritage that, that still comes to life right there. All right. Well, it's always a fun weekend. We look forward to it again on Saturday. There will be four games uh, for the boys, four for the girls as well between the two gyms. Uh, they still doing the, the three-point shooting and dunk contest? Or not dunk. They haven't done that for a while, but the three-point shooting? Yeah, uh, so uh, the information sheet – that uh, Paul Colton sent out, uh, talked about a three-point shooting contest on Saturday morning and all-tournament team and kind of kind of a little bit back to normal, so to speak. So uh, something our guys, I'm sure, will have fun talking about who, who might get to enter in that, and uh, uh, that, that, that will be fun to watch on Saturday. Yeah, last year we were dealing with, and now we're not now, but last year certainly we were dealing with uh, much more restricted uh, COVID uh, attendance issues over especially over in the Kansas side uh, last year so it'll be uh, good to get uh, people back over there over in southeast Kansas coming up on Friday no action for you early next week uh, you won't play again out of the tournament until the 27th at Carthage so you're kind of looking forward to the early part of next week yeah Mike we've we've typically you know we have the Christmas break and then it's it's bang hot and heavy uh, through January with with the tournament play and all these games and then typically we'll try to give the the guys Monday off uh, just to to rest up and, and refuel, and then a couple good days of practice for a really good Carthage squad next week. All right, look forward to that, and look forward to the tournament tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday at Frontenac, and I'll see you down there and see you back here next. So, actually, we'll not be on Tiger Talk next Wednesday. I have not talked to you about that yet because the Lady Tigers are playing the Clinton tournament next Wednesday. So, we will not be doing a Tiger Talk program next Wednesday. So, we'll review the Frontenac tournament when we come back two weeks from tonight. So, best of luck, and I'll see you at Frontenac tomorrow. Yep, should be fun. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Mike. Nevada Tiger head coach Sean Gray joining us on this segment of Tiger Talk. When we come back, you'll hear a conversation that was recorded with uh, head wrestling coach Forrest Drury yesterday because he's on the road today at the Girls Big A Conference Wrestling Championships down at Monette. So, Derek Campbell talked to him yesterday. You'll hear that conversation after this timeout on Tiger Talk.